In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. Please be seated. It's fairly often as a pastor that I get asked by people, why did God create us? Why did God make us? How would you answer that question? Why did God make you? Why did God create you the way that you are, where you are, and with who that you are there with? We'd probably come up with some answers to live a good, happy life, to enjoy the fruits of God's creation, to make sure that we see our kids have happiness, and to live a good, godly, and God-fearing life. Very rarely when I've asked this question back to somebody, why do you think God made you? Very rarely, if at all, do I hear people say that God created us to help everyone around us, to take care and love everyone and everything around us. Why? Why is that so rare? It's because all of a sudden now, in asking of that question about myself or about you, the answer takes the emphasis off of me or you, that kind of answer, and it places it on everybody else around them. In a sense, I'm living my life for all of you. You're living your life for me and everybody else. If you look at each other in this room here today, that's really what we are called to do. That's why God has created us. But it's terribly hard, isn't it? It's extremely hard because we are very much like the Pharisees that we heard about today in our gospel reading. You might have overlooked this one little portion of our gospel reading today where Jesus sits down at the ruler of the Pharisees' table and they are watching him carefully. That's what we do as Christians. We watch, we look, we judge. Bad people over here. Bad politics over there. People not living the Christian life over here. Sinners going to hell over here. And we lob and we cast judgment upon each other. We watch everybody carefully to make sure that they're living out the good life. Yet rather than being people who have been changed by God, who are merciful to one another. I'll admit, I've, I've preached this text a couple of times and I've struggled this week actually with what to say to all of you because it kind of seems like a no-brainer. Love your neighbor as yourself, but it's extremely hard. And I would dare say that there are those things around us today that are showing us that it is extremely rare, and yet it is extremely appreciated at times. I stumbled on a YouTube video last night of a guy that mows people's lawns for free. Big deal, you might say. Well, he goes to some of the worst people's, worst lawns that people have, 
and he makes it look absolutely incredible. And he simply said, I'm doing this to make people's lives better. I'm not counting on the amount of people who are subscribing or thumbs up for all of this. I'm not looking to sell all this merch or whatever else it is. He simply is documenting this to make people's lives a little bit better. And he does it not for the money or the fame or how many followers he can get. He does it simply to make people's lives better. But there was no sense or element of him saying, I'm a Christian, this is what God has called me to do, is to love my neighbor as myself. Then I drove down here at this uh, restaurant off of Fair Park, one with the big cow on the side of its sign. I don't remember, Black Angus. On their sign, there's nothing about their daily specials or anything else like it. It simply says, be kind to one another. We don't have a sign out in front that says that. And then of all places, on Thursday afternoon, I'm driving home from this place. I'm annoyed and I'm aggravated by people on Cantrell. Get out of my way. I'm trying to get home. What are you doing? Don't you know what a turn signal is? And I pull up behind a stop, at a stop line, I pull up behind a car, and on the back of the windshield, the back shield of this car, it simply said, I hope something good happens to you today. (laughs) I would love 500 of those printed for the church to give out and to put on the backs of our cars. Today is all about humility. And humility is so incredibly hard because humility says that I have to look at my friends and those people around me, those enemies, those people who annoy me at work or those people that I can't stand at church, and I simply have to look at them and say, friend, go up higher. Let me somehow, some way serve you because in the end folks that's why you were created and in the end with the way of the craziness that we see in our world the out and out violence and arrogance that we see from so many people around us all of the divisions all of the hatred both in person and online and everything else that we can see there are still those people around us that are teaching us not necessarily from the scriptures, of the love of God for one another. And that's really all that Jesus is saying to us today. Love one another. Think about the direct impact that you could have on the lives of the people around you if you simply looked at them and said something like that. Carr said, I hope something good happens to you today. Simply looking at one another and saying, be kind to one another, but not looking at them and saying, this is what you got to do, but you yourself being that good that happens. You yourself being that kindness that happens. You yourself being that love and that mercy that happens. We love because he first loves us. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful to you but it's so hard pastor because people don't listen they don't seem to care they don't seem to get their life in order and jesus says to us today i don't care do it anyways 
but it's hard. And I thought we're not saved by our works, Pastor. I know. This is oftentimes what I really find to be terribly difficult. As a pastor, we have all of this great hallmark within our Lutheran tradition of saying, we're not saved by our works, therefore we can just go do whatever we want and we can treat people however we want. But that is not the life of a Christian. Listen to what Paul said to you earlier today. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I'm at church here today. I'm trying my best, Pastor. You're doing it, though, he says, with all humility and gentleness and with patience. Oh, I try. I really try. But he even says here today that it's not about for you and yourself. Bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You might say, well, but we're not saved by that, Pastor. I know that. And I'm not saying that you're saved by the good works that you do. But I'm also not saying here today, don't do good toward one another, because I will say that that is the great commission that God has given to us. It's not simply go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That has been done for you. You have been baptized in the Christ. The great commission for you now is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus gives to his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed by them. A new commandment that I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. But it's hard. I know. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He has changed you. And this is really why we come here today. Because we confess all of our faults, all of our misgivings, all of the hatred and the judgments that we have piled and heaped upon our neighbor, and we ask God to forgive us, to absolve us, to set us free from that, yes, but not just simply to make you and your relationship with the big guy upstairs good so that we're good to get into heaven, but that also I can now live out that love and that mercy and that forgiveness on behalf of your neighbor who is in need of your good works, Who's in need of you? And I would dare say it's needed more now than ever, especially with all of the things that we face today. You might say, well, what does that look like? I can't do a whole lot, Pastor. I can't get out a whole lot. I can't go and change the world for Christ. I'm not asking you to do that today. Your husband or your wife annoys you? Love them to death. If your co-workers annoy you, if you can't stand being around them, take note from that car. I hope something good happens for you today. Love covers a multitude of sins. 
And so, yes, you're not saved by this. You're saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that forgives all of your sins. But it is now no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And he goes out and works in, with, and through you for the benefit of everyone around you. If you want to know why you were created, that's it. Right there. To take care of your wife, your husband, your kids, your neighbors, anybody and everyone around you. Whether it is giving them simply a cup of cold water, as Jesus says, or whether it's moving something as big as a mountain for them. Listening to them, praying for them, showing all manner of love and compassion for them. Think about what you as a congregation could do as you go into your various stations in life today with the love of Christ for the benefit of those around you. We've been getting little glimpses of that with our 12 baskets of grace. We went to Fire Station 13 this past week with a great meal and basket of goodies and everything else, and they were thrilled to see us there. But God didn't sit there and say, okay, the Keppels were there and pastor was there and the deaconess was there. No, it's simply showing out the love of Christ. And in the midst of all that, they got called out to a call and then subsequently two calls after that. So after they come back tired and weary, there was a little basket from the church. The reason why I'm bringing this up here today because of all of this is not simply because this is where we are at in our text today, but it's really this is what we've been called to do as a church. You have been changed in your baptism. You have been given one Lord, one faith, one baptism for their forgiveness of sins. And wherever God has placed you in life is extremely valuable and important to Him. And he will strengthen you and keep you as you go out and live out that love and that mercy of Christ to those around you. And in many ways and times, he will do it without you even noticing. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because if you did notice, or if I began to notice, what's going to happen? Hey, look at what I did. That's not the way it's to be. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, says Proverbs today. And you might say, well, gee, I'm not going to go sit on the king's throne if I am invited into his place. But then Jesus turns around and says to us, whatever you do to the least of these, so you have done unto me. As we go out into this life, as you go out today, tomorrow, or how many days God gives to you, be reminded that you have been invited and you have a foretaste of the feast to come in the great wedding banquet that God has prepared for you, the victorious wedding banquet that he has won for you by his death and resurrection. Be reminded, though, too, as well, that you go out into this life and you have been created in the image and likeness of God for the purpose of taking care and loving your neighbor as much as yourself. And in the end, let our prayer be, Lord, help me 
Help me in the times when I'm so worried about myself. Lord, forgive me for the times that I'm so worried and concerned about myself. Lord, help me to see those around me who are in need so that I too may take care of them as you have taken care of me by your grace. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.